0: This podcast is a member of WGPRN, wildgamesproductions.com.
1: Hello folks, and welcome to episode 6 of the Darkling Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Hello, and welcome to the show. My co-host Vince is away tonight on a secret scuba diving mission in the Antarctic, and he's left the show in my marginally capable hands. For those of you new to the show, the Darkling Podcast is a sister show to Darker Days Radio, or a short fifteen to twenty minute show dedicated to the world of darkness, old and new. The Darkling focuses on material that's been created by and submitted by our listeners. So With that in mind, and without further ado, I'll get out of your way and hand you over to our guest host for the evening, Darkling Maestro Beckett. Beckett's reached into his bucket once more to bring us another feature on Monty Cook's World of Darkness. More details, more depth, more darkness. And Monty Cook's take on the World of Darkness is particularly topical this week, as I'll explain after this segment. So, take it away, Beckett!
0: Good evening. Beckett here again to bring you another glimpse of Monty Cook's world of darkness. Just to recap, one year ago, alien entities from another existence showed up in our reality, and their very presence should have annihilated us. Unfortunately for the Iconu, a small population of humanity, who we call the Awakened, have something very special about them. This special quality enabled them to hold back all of the Iconu's destructive nature, in essence saving the world for a time at least. Sadly, it is the presence of the awakened among us that also alerted the iconer that we existed at all. And from there, the true assault began, sometimes called the nightmare, the nightmare wave, or the intrusion. It began somewhere in middle America, which only exists now as a nightmare land, and has since then spread across the globe. One major aspect of the intrusion was the Aikonu tapping into and manipulating the boundaries between the living and the dead. No one's quite sure how this happened, but they managed to take a lot of evil human spirits and shove them right back into the mortal coil, in essence trapping two souls in one body. The problem is, one of those souls is undeniably evil, particularly picked from the stock of murderers, rapists, and thieves. This union creates what we call a vampire, a creature that is quite allergic to the sun and must feed off of living blood in order to survive, but this union also brings about a lot of miraculous powers, but it doesn't stop there. They also took a bunch of animal spirits, particularly vicious and savage ones, and forcibly bonded them to human souls, in essence trapping an animal spirit with a human one. And whereas at least the vampires have something inside them they can relate to, even if they don't agree with it, these creatures, the werewolves, don't. Merged with them is a beast that brings out the most feral and instinctual behaviors possible. Like the vampires, though, it is a symbiotic relationship, and this union does grant them miraculous healing abilities, resistance to a lot of damage, disease, and poison, but also the ability to shape shift, both into <clears throat> a very brutal animal form, usually a wolf, but not always, but also a hybrid form. As a werewolf, they feel a need to attach themselves to other people, usually their friends, but not always, to form a pact. In addition to that, they also gain small magical abilities called rites, which allow them to do a variety of things, from augment their shape changing, to form different animals, and to deal more damage in combat, or to talk to spirits, things of that nature. But that's not the worst part of it. Not only did the Iconu shove our own earthly spirits back into the mortal world, they brought their own. We call them demons because that's what their natural form appears to be. Although they don't have any physical body, they use earthly inanimate matter to create one for themselves. Unfortunately, for them at least, it doesn't last very long so they must do so periodically. The demons have a natural, minor shapeshifting ability that makes them ideal for both infiltration and deception. For up to an hour, they can mimic Pretty much any other mortal they want to. After one hour, they revert to their natural form, of course, and must wait one more hour before shapeshifting again. They also bring to the table a diluted form of Iconium magic called cants. Like a werewolf's rites, cants allow for a variety of effects. Some of them are protein in nature allowing the demon to sidestep some of the restrictions that they have for being in our reality, while others allow for a lot of demonic magic, such as draining a subject's will or calling down hellfire. But that's only one portion of the initial nightmare wave. The intrusion also awakened certain humans to true magic these mages learn that, given time and experience, they can accomplish just about anything that they put their mind to. And let's take a deeper look at that, because it seems to be a major point of contention for particularly mage players who may be very skeptical about playing mage or world of darkness in the D20 system. Monty Cook has done a very good job of keeping mage's freeform magic system intact. Essentially, mages have what they call components. The components are based off your level and your intelligence, and they work a little bit like spell points in some senses. These components are a representation of the individual mage's understanding and skill with magic. As they level up, they'll acquire more components with which they can weave and sometimes create their own unique spells. Components are used to add factors to an effect that they want. The factors are area, duration, range, conjure, control, damage, divination, energy, enhance, heal, illusion, meta spell, movement, new power, and protect. Let's take a look at the example spell being built in the core book. It's called Handshock. The iconic mage wants to create it to replicate a taser in her hand. Essentially, it has a range of touch, which is a component factor of 2, a duration of instantaneous, which is a component factor of 0, the area is 1 target, which is a factor of 1, the damage is 2 6 which is a factor of 2, it is an energy spell, which is electricity for a factor of 1, meta spell. Which is a standard action casting time, another factor of one, for a total component factor of seven. That total component factor plays a major part in the spellcraft DC that the individual mage would have to make when they try and cast that spell. However there are other factors also. Some of the primary modifiers for this would be if the mage in question is exhausted from any recent casting. if they have any kind of feats or other special abilities or even items that might help them cast this spell, if the spell in question is aligned to or against the mage's path, and finally, if the spell in question is being cast as either an improvised or a rote spell. An improvised spell is something that they're doing on the fly. They're literally throwing a bunch of components together hoping that they got it right in order to cast what they hope be the spell that they want. A road spell, on the other hand, is something that they have studied and developed for themselves. They fully understand how it works, and if they have the, the time to do so, it makes the spellcasting that much easier for them. The last part of a mage's spellcasting has to do with gnosis. Gnosis are like mage-only feats that they naturally develop as they level up in the mage class. Some forms of gnosis affect spellcasting in general, for example, blood magic, which allows you to sacrifice blood in order to reduce the component cost for your spells, while others are like spells in themselves, like bolt, which deals 1d6 points of damage per 2 mage levels at range. Another example of a gnosis is extra components, which raises your daily components or spell points by about 10%. And finally, the most important of the Gnosis is probably New Road Spell, which allows you to develop your own unique spell and cast it as a rote whenever you want to. Well, those are the four supernatural types you can play in Monte Cook's World of Darkness. However, there is a fifth type. More mundane, the Awakened are pretty much normal humans. They have something special about them, though. In fact, they're a little more human than human. Besides literally saving everybody else's ass a year ago and since then, they have the uncanny ability to sense and sometimes understand the way the Iconu works. They're also noticeably skilled in a variety of things, and very damn lucky. And finally, let's take a look at the actual setting of Monty Cook's World of Darkness. As with the typical World of Darkness game, it takes place in a modern-ish real world, although the darkness and the corruption have been amplified greatly. Somewhere in Middle America was the focal point of the intrusion, known as the Haunted Lands. It is a 500 mile radius area, or just above 800 kilometers, of a nightmarish cesspool. The closer one gets to the Haunted Lands, the more strange and malevolent things become. However, the nightmare wave has spread across the globe, and as such there are a lot of missions you can be sent out upon. Maybe to infiltrate the evil Christmas smurfs hiding beneath Stonehenge, or to assassinate the dragon that now claims Seattle as its home. And what if a chainsaw-wielding Vampire Wrestler is not just a gaming story. Or perhaps, in truth, you're sent out to unearth the fact that Clive Barker himself is a special spider appendage, and is in fact stalking you. And there you are, another glimpse at Monty Cook's World of Darkness. If you find this interesting, Or perhaps you're given the task of tracking down and delivering a message to the mysterious and elusive Gotham Lord. Our own forum member, Nibiru, is looking to start a play-by-post game on our forums. Come check it out. Good evening, all.
1: All Alright, some great shout-outs there. Wolfman, Jack, Clive Barker, Gotham Lord, and Nibiru, all in the same breath. What more could anyone wish for? Beckett's Bucket of Plenty exceeds itself once more. An in-depth look at the origins of Monte Cook's World of Darkness Supernatural Races, the powers of the player characters, a bit of setting information, good stuff, some very cool insights into the magic system for mages as a player and fan of Mage the Ascension and Mage the Awakening, that's particularly interesting from my angle, and it also sounds like it reproduces the feel of the World of Darkness's mage game very well and it's also something you could import into uh, the D20 fantasy game of your choice to revamp or replace the standard D20 magic system. Very cool. Good stuff. I also like the recasting of the Hunters as the Awakened. Gives them a cool and workable niche to operate within right from the outset. Overall, it seems to me to show Monty's skill and flair as a game designer, which is not surprising, given that this comes from the guy who helped design D&D 3rd Edition, pioneered pdf publishing founded mouth havoc press released the super luxurious Tolus setting the wildly imaginative arcana evolved series i mean the list goes on a true gaming giant of our time now i mentioned before beckett's segment that Montecook cook is particularly topical for darker days right now and that's because darkling number seven the next show will feature nothing less than an interview with the man himself uh, that's right, folks, Monty Cook will be joining us on the show to answer your questions and share some of his magic with us. So if you have any questions, drop us an email or head on over to wildgamesproductions.com where you'll find a thread for posting your questions and Vince and I will choose a handful of the best and put them to Monty on the show. So tune in next week for a little Mal Havoc. Now, if you want to get in touch with the show, the email address is DarkerDaysRadio@gmail.com. at gmail.com Website is darkerdays.tk You'll find our forums at wildgamesproductions.com You can follow us on Twitter through WGPRN or d 20 Drop us a voicemail on Skype at d 20 or check out the Darker Days radio fan page on Facebook. Okay, thanks for tuning in. That's all for now. This is Mark, signing off. TTFN